0: It's Thursday, October 29th, 2020. I'm Tanya Harris, and welcome to TMI Daily, your daily roundup of everything people are talking about online, since they aren't allowed to talk about it in person. Yesterday, the Supreme Court ruled that both North Carolina and Pennsylvania could continue receiving ballots for days after the election, proving that even with a conservative majority, the one abortion they might be willing to see take place is Donald Trump's presidency. While we're on the topic, the Girl Scouts deleted a tweet congratulating Amy Coney Barrett for becoming the fifth woman to be named to the Supreme Court after receiving backlash. They also canceled the planned rollout of the new level of Girl Scouts, the Handmaids. On his show last Friday, Fox News host and Man Boy magazine Twink of the Year winner Tucker Carlson claimed that very damning documents he had against Hunter Biden were lost in the mail and is demanding that authorities look into what happened. Police have responded by searching for the thief with about the same amount of fervor as they hunt for the dog who ate my homework and my boyfriend up in Canada. During one of his come for the hate, stay for the virus rallies yesterday, Trump told his adoring fans that when the doctors told him he tested positive, he said positive for what? You can completely understand his confusion since no one in Trump's 74 years ever claimed he was positive in any way. Maybe herpes. Yesterday, after former Homeland Security official Miles Taylor admitted to being the anonymous who wrote the 2018 New York Times article about the resistance inside the White House, the president did what he usually does and tweeted how he never heard of Taylor. Let's hope he's tweeting the same thing about the U.S. after next Tuesday. Hillary Clinton announced she will be one of the 29 electors for New York State this year. If you were looking for a way to get Republicans on board with abolishing the electoral college, bam, there you go. Jerry Falwell Jr. is suing Liberty University after his forced resignation and what he says is damage to his reputation. Apparently the controversy has caused former friends and colleagues to stop speaking to him or even looking him in the eye when he's watching them have sex with his wife. Kanye West has announced his Yeezy Christian Academy in a video on Twitter promising to focus on faith, music, communication, collaboration, and community. I don't know if I trust Kanye to run a school, not because he's a college dropout, but because he seems to take the advice of the guy who ran Trump University. Kanye's wife, For now, Kim Kardashian is still receiving a lot of criticism for her tone-deaf social media posts about her lavish private island celebration for her 40th birthday. This is a real change for women who are usually criticized for not admitting to turning 40. Speaking of things that have gotten old, Ellen Pompeo said the long-running medical drama Grey's Anatomy could end after the current 17th season. Though, given the uncertainty in the COVID era, ABC might continue to keep the show on life support, even though it's been creatively dead for years. Now, let's send it over to tonight's TMI Daily Cast and Crew Roundtable. Stay safe.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of TMI Daily. I'm Veronica Aiello, and as always, I'm joined by some of my TMI Hollywood family and Norman Aiello today. Let's go around and say hello to everyone watching us here on Facebook Live or listening to us on our podcast. Let's start with you, Pete.
2: I'm all for four-day weeks. I just think it's a thing we should all put out there.
1: Four-day weeks. I week. agree. Okay, Elizabeth? hello
2: uh
3: i don't have a good joke or recommendation for today other than oh well, tonight's usually devil's night in michigan i don't know if that's a regional thing i think it is uh but happy devil's night film michiganders don't light anything on fire please uh, can, can you explain that a little, little
1: bit tonight. more elizabeth what exactly
3: oh is I, I well i don't know the full origin of it i just know when i was a kid devil's night was like prank night before oh i'm sorry i'm a day early
4: tomorrow. fuck okay never mind <laughs> Happy joke? October twenty-ninth, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> We're not stuck here. Hi everyone listening on Google Podcasts and a happy national cat day. Dang. I'm a proud cat owner and I've gotta say, today's our day. That's no. a good one. That's what I should have lived with. But my cat's sleeping and I don't want to. I got so the baby. lucky that Elizabeth forgot about it so I could show <laughs> otherwise I would have been stuck with nothing.
5: <laughs> Emma everyone happy elizabeth was wrong day it comes <laughs> around very early
4: thank
6: you for thinking that
5: <laughs> i'm
6: chris hey what's up everybody elizabeth you just reminded me of the movie the crow is that where they shot it was it detroit was it in michigan is that where was like came from because they never yeah, say I the city. Devil's Night has just been a
2: thing for a long
3: time. Uh, Philip uh, is also from Michigan, our fellow writer, and he's like, have a better explanation. He's shaming me so hard <laughs> in the totally comments right now.
5: shaming
7: you right now. No I
3: got it wrong because I picked <laughs> the wrong day to bring <laughs> it up. I'm sorry. You That's got tomorrow, is
4: But we know it's coming now, so. Yeah, so now my pranks <laughs> won't work.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, oh, wow. so later on, we're also going to be joined by the host of the podcast, Breaking Backwards, about the show. Breaking Bad. So make sure you stay tuned for that. Okay, so let's get started with tonight's show. When Ruth Bader Ginsburg passed away late last month, you had to know that Republicans were going to ignore their made-up 2016 not confirming a new justice during an election year rule and put the staunchest conservative on the court, even if it meant doing it with only days to go until the election. That is exactly what they did when on Monday, Instead of working on a new stimulus bill or dealing with election interference from foreign adversaries, they confirmed 48-year-old Amy Coney Barrett to a lifetime appointment on the Supreme Court. This rush to confirmation has many liberals demanding that if Joe Biden wins and the Senate goes blue, they immediately move to pack the court. Thanks to a great article by the New York Times that asked eight political experts to weigh in on ways to change the Supreme Court, tonight we want to talk about all the different ways a liberal Senate can deal with the Supreme Court issue. Obviously, the thing, the thing most people are talking about is court packing. Can someone explain to us uh, to what that means? Who wants to talk about court packing? Let's start with you, Emma.
5: Uh, so there's historically no reason why there's no, there are nine justices on the Supreme Court. So court packing is the idea that we add a whole bunch more justices to the Supreme Court and put liberals in there. So conservatives don't automatically have a 6-3 majority. Mm
1: -hmm. Okay. Anybody wanna add to
2: that, Pete? Actually, I was 100% right on that. There's no law that says how many people there has to be on the Supreme Court. Um, You know, when it started back in the, I think it was like 1789 or something like Mm -hmm. that, um, they had six. And then it changed It went as high as 10 at one point. And then I guess in 1869, um, they made it nine. And then just, I guess they forgot about changing it after that. But that's, that's, you know, again, there's no, there's no reason for it.
1: Mm-hmm. Elizabeth?
3: Uh, I have what's po- possibly a dumb question since I am firing on all cylinders today. Um, <laughs> 29. <laughs> it's 29. It's 29. Like time has any fucking meaning anymore. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> <You're not wrong. laughs> Prove me wrong. Time's a flat Norm. circle. you didn't
1: hear that, Norm. <laughs> I know I know.
3: Oh I cursed in front for the baby. <laughs> oh Norman, oh no. Oh he's so cute. Um If it's packing it with liberal judges, could that not backfire down the line in the future? Or is that one of those like it's so far down the future
2: that we're like Oh no, without a doubt. That's that's the reason why um, yeah. Joe Biden has claimed that he's he's hasn't been against it because you know, if, 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 the liberals end up being in, in, uh, you know, in charge over the next four years and they, they add judges to make it, uh, 14, or 15 judges or 13 mm-hmm. judges, whatever it is. And then the, the, the Republicans, they take control again and then they add two more and it's, it's just eventually, apparently I think Poland has something like 60 Supreme Court judges or something like that. That's something like a crazy number. And so there's really no way of actually having you know one unified body making a decision. Sure.
7: Yeah.
1: I have a question for you guys. i um, kind of as a side note. How many of you, when you were in school, they taught you that there were supposed to be nine justices on the Supreme Court? Is
3: yeah. that what?
1: Yeah. That oh, I mean, that like I feel like it remember. was just said
3: like, oh, there's nine.
1: Yes. And no men
3: mm-hmm. I feel like there was no mention of like. You could add add to that anytime right. you felt I like was, it.
4: I was always yeah. told that that you should always have an odd number.
3: Yeah, because at one sense. point there
4: was, I think there was ten, and that created a bit of a problem. That's why they got rid of one.
6: <laughs> I always thought it was twelve.
1: That's what really, was, it's yeah, interesting I it because I 12 think yeah, I think 12 different, 12. different textbooks had different information. Because I remember just like Elizabeth. I mean, it was you know we were told that there were supposed to be nine Supreme Court justices. Like there was just yeah. no you know, it's, ands, or buts about
5: it. Um, Emma, did you want to add something? I was, was going to say, uh, my school taught me that there are nine justices, but they also taught us that, like, there mm-hmm. have been periods of time where there have only been eight when, like, for instance, for the entire month before Monday, when like, RBG had died, but A wasn't confirmed yet.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, the ten so, months. In, in, yeah, I mean, there,
5: there's been time. Uh, yeah. So they also taught us what happens when there's a, a tie in the Supreme Court and, uh, like, how that's all supposed to work. So I don't know. I wasn't, like... Ever told there have to be nine judges, but mm. what happens but, if
4: there's a tie? Do they like fight each other? Has that no, one then, one then, it, then, it then? It goes to it like down, down to the, the lower next lower court, court, whatever the lower, lower court.
2: court. Was. Oh, okay, mm-hmm.
4: I would rather see them fight each other. Yeah,
3: I mean, my civics teacher yeah. was also a reverend and spent like every class working on his sermon. So we just read the book with no discussion and then watched Gideon's trumpet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I've seen that movie twice in two different classes in high school.
2: <laughs> well, actually, that kind of leads into um, the ne- one of the next things that the that the uh, Democrats, if they take control, could actually do. Um, because I didn't know this, and, and I'm sure not a lot of other people know this, but you know, the Supreme Court actually doesn't have the uh, authority to to hold anyone to any of the rulings that they that they make. So. In theory, every ruling that they make is just arbitrarily agreed upon. But they don't. But there's nothing in the Constitution that says that they say something, and that's just the final say on anything. Um, Congress can actually overrule them at any point they want.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And that that was probably the
3: most fascinating thing to me in the research that you sent out before, before this. Has that ever happened where Congress yeah. overrode? Yeah, it actually. Happened. Why do the two, Sorry, two go ahead. Many
2: times? Two main times it happened was. Andrew Jackson, I guess, when they were, when they were trying to, um, uh, take extra lands throughout the South, um, had, I guess the Supreme Court had overruled, uh, the possibility of, um, of Georgia taking, um, and putting laws on the Cherokee Nation in their mm-hmm. area. Um, and so Andrew Jackson basically just told Georgia, don't listen to them. Just do what you want. And they did. And then I guess after these, um, after the, um, Civil War during the Reconstruction, The Republicans decided that it would be a lot easier to not have to worry about what the Supreme Court thought about the Reconstruction. So they passed a law saying that the Supreme Court has no say over any, any cases that involve the Reconstruction. So they have no jurisdiction on it at all. So they, in theory, they could do that on any, on any case they want.
1: So based on what Peter just said, do you guys think that the Democrats should be educating the American people about the fact that the Supreme Court actually doesn't have the rights to strike down their laws? Elizabeth.
3: Absolutely. I mm-hmm. mean, because uh, I was just thinking, I was like, so let's say they overturn Roe v. Wade and then I can't remember the, na- the name of the gay marriage ruling. Like, this is, again, another I'll dumb... Move. Pardon? It's, I think it's called Agenfield or Ogdenfield, Agen- yeah. I was like, it starts with an O and a G, and I was like, and I'm going to screw it up if I try to say it unprompted. Um, could, like, if they overturn them, could you still just go ahead and do
2: gay marriage, abortion? Or
3: is, <laughs> it, does it all get kicked back to states at that
2: point? It's, never, it's not really been done, so we don't know. But But again... Mm-hmm. You know and and i and just because i wanted to make sure i wasn't putting something in here that that somebody wrote that wasn't true i looked it up there is there is nothing in the in, in the text of of any of our our founding documents that says the supreme court is the final say over anything that's been done by congress now they do have say over things that congress didn't do so if congress says says this is you know it's a law that everybody has to wear green shirts on tuesday and then the Supreme Court strikes it down. If Congress is not, that's a law, and that's just how it's going to be, that's fine. But if, if say, Texas decides everybody's going to wear green shirts on Tuesday, that could go to the Supreme Court, and then they could say, no, no, that's, that's <clears> a, <throat> a, you can't make that kind of a, a general decision like that. And so they can strike those now. Mm-hmm. Philip, sorry, Philip, roasted me again in the comments, <laughs> saying "og uh, uh,
3: devil's night case." God damn, Philip, I'm sorry, it happens. <laughs> Jesus,
6: he <won't> let go, <laughs> this man. Is be
2: all night, he's
6: clearly, a, he's clearly, a fan of Brandon Lee. That's really what it is. That's <laughs> the of Lee. I looked it up; and it's a plot point. I don't think they filmed in
3: Detroit, right?
4: Okay, I so another Carol- North Carolina or something, right?
1: Because that's where he passed away.
3: I'm not sure, but yes. Sorry. Back to the courts. Anywho,
1: <laughs> so another option to be considered is that that is sort of an offshoot to what we just talked about is that Congress could pass laws to eliminate the Supreme Court's ability to make rulings on certain types of cases. Did any of you know that before 1925, the Supreme Court was not allowed to pick the cases it weighs in on? How many of you knew that?
6: No yeah, I didn't know that. I, I again, listen. The, I thought I, was slow, civics,
3: but I have no
4: idea. <laughs> yeah.
3: Again, one civics class in high school, taught by a reverend who only worked on his sermons. We watched Gideon's trumpet. That's mm-hmm. all I've got as
1: mm-hmm. far as
2: constitutional education.
1: I didn't know that either. And even as a teacher, like I was, I don't ever remember you know that being in our textbook. Well,
2: it's, we it's been there for almost a hundred years now, so that's mm-hmm. why it is. It is actually a law now. But, um, but it's a law that was made by Congress and Congress again could repeal the law. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, for the first 120 years or so, the Supreme Court had to do whatever Congress told them to do. And again, I'm not that smart. I just looked this stuff up earlier. So, so I didn't know it either. Um, but yeah, they, they had no say over what cases they were going to see. Um, they, they get, they, they get petitions, um, for something like, I, I think it's about 400 cases a year. They pick about a hundred of them, but, the way it used to be is the petitions would go straight to Congress and then Congress would make a decision on what they would actually um, get to rule rule on. So it was, again, arbitrarily decided to let them just have. Mm
5: -hmm.
1: So what do you think are the upsides and downsides of changing the law back to the way
5: it used to be? Anybody want to weigh in? Emma? Uh, I guess an upside is that elected officials who theoretically report to us, the voters, are the ones who set the agenda. Uh, but damn, I don't want a Republican Congress deciding what the Supreme Court should rule on. They're just going to choose the ACA over and over and over oh, again. Over I don't on. want that at yeah. all. That sounds mm-hmm. terrible. Mm-hmm. Anybody else?
2: You know, that's, that's exactly what it is. I mean, if, if either side has the, has the ability to kind of push what the Supreme Court is talking about, and, and they're ruling on it's it's going to be all far far left um agendas while there's a while there's a liberal um, majority in the senate and then it's going to be all far right agendas when when there's not so it's 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 never going to really help anybody if they do it that way but that's how it used to be mm-hmm.
1: okay so Sorry, i
3: keep referencing that gideon's trumpet movie does anyone know what i'm talking about
1: <laughs> yes i remember yes. watching it too oh,
3: okay yes <laughs>
1: I think, was it maybe like in fifth or sixth grade? I remember, you know, having yeah. watched it. Yeah. Um, Sorry.
3: <laughs> it's Inter- okay. Henry Fonda, it's interesting, but not twice.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> so if Congress wants to not be involved in the process, they could do something else that's been floated, which is create another level of court between the appeals court and the Supreme Court called something like the constitutional court where they would have a certain amount of judges who would only deal in cases that involve changing constitutional matters, such as the Second Amendment, religious liberties, or abortion. This would then limit the Supreme Court to deal in cases that aren't already considered established law. In what way could a new court be handled so as not to make them just as much of an issue as the current Supreme Court is? That's my next question. Um, Elizabeth, let's
3: start with you. Would it uh, would electing the judges be a solution? Yeah. And, and term limits so that you get turnover. You yeah. don't get. Totally. Yeah, everyone's not. It was like Elizabeth. The correct answer was term
2: limits. Yeah, <laughs> that was the answer you were <laughs> looking
5: for. Well, not, not all like, wrong on this one.
2: <laughs> what, what's actually been proposed is that. Um, is that every every term? Well, they would have to start obviously with with a new court, so there would be eight judges um, on this new court. I'm sorry, there would be ten judges on this new court, and they would each serve for eight years. And what would happen would be each each year of um, of a um, no, I'm sorry, it would be eight judges. I, I apologize. Um, each each ter- um, year of a, a president's term, they would get to nominate one new judge. So, at the end of four years, they would have four judges. If they got an eight year, um, if they got eight years in the presidency, they would actually have all eight of the judges under them. Um, but they would term them out after you know, mm-hmm. after, every two years after that, you'd lose one judge. So, uh, or every year after that, you'd lose one judge after the first eight. Um, so, it, it's just to keep it from being like this group where it's a lifetime appointment. Yeah.
4: So this would be below the Supreme Court. So It'd guys- be below
2: below the Supreme Court but above the the appellate court because the, the appeals court that's usually that that's the court that everything gets kicked up from to the uh, to the Supreme Court because if it goes to a district court and then they rule then it goes to the appeals court then they rule and then it goes to the Supreme Court. So now you'd have a buffer between the two courts and mm-hmm. and they would only handle constitutional questions meaning things that have already been settled law versus things that that have not been so. Like you'd get copyright law going to the Supreme Court. You'd get, you know, other kinds of business situations going to the Supreme Court. State state um, issues that that haven't been settled um, federally that would go to the Supreme Court. But but no more would anything that that's already been ruled as a law uh, would go straight to them. So it, it would change the whole dynamic. They would they would basically have almost no power. So, um, by
4: Taco Bell rules, this would be Court Belgrande because it's not yeah, supreme. More or less, yeah. But it's better than just like Clark. Just made me so, hungry,
6: dude. What the hell? Yeah, no, I know. Like, hmm. We're from Court Justice to Taco Bell. Now I'm hungry.
1: like <laughs> oh, <laughs> Bad Joe. Oh, you're so the, so, the reality is that to make this a law, it would involve changing the Constitution, which involves getting two thirds of the House and Senate to agree, which is unlikely since they have only made constitutional change. Twice in the last 50 years. One of those changes was the voting age to 18, and then in the 90s to give Congress pay raises. There is a way around this, though. Can anyone explain?
2: You, you kind of, you, you, you didn't say that you were talking about term limits on justice.
1: Oh, wait, oh because been, <laughs> I think Elizabeth had
2: brought it up. I mentioned yeah. term limits. Before, we're talking, yeah. okay,
1: yeah. So you brought that up too. I thought we were talking, you mentioned term yeah, limits. Yeah,
2: I was talking about term limits on the constitutional court. Oh,
1: know. okay. I'm sorry. So mm-hmm. I'm talking, okay. So we're talking about term limits on the, on the judges. So, uh, can someone explain how this could happen? Uh, uh,
4: referendum? referendum?
5: The nuclear option uh congress can vote to uh make it so you only need a simple majority to pass constitutional amendments i think um so you would only need 51 votes which the democrats could theoretically get and then they could amend the constitution of course once you do that then it's like that forever because you'll never get enough votes to like you'll you'll no one will ever want to change it back and then it's constitutional and
4: all sorts of other stuff yeah. Oh. yeah, like
5: everyone that can change the Constitution majority. as long as you have any majority. Okay, Pete? Well,
2: Emma's a little off on that, and I apologize, Emma. Um, you, can't change, you can't change the Constitution or amendments. You can't do it no matter what you do. That's The only way you could do that is by, with two-thirds of both houses agreeing and then the president agreeing. Um, but what you can do is you can change the filibuster, get it down to, to, to 51 votes, then you could mm. then you could instill a new a, a new law that says that after a certain period of time, whether it's maybe like an 18 year term limit for a judge, or after they've been a judge, um, or, you know, to, you know, after they've turned they turn 70, something like that, that they no longer are an acting judge on the Supreme Court. They become like a justice emeritus, which means that they still have all the titles and the pay of a Supreme Court justice, but they're no longer um, actually ruling on cases unless say somebody dies and they need somebody in the interim to kind of fill in. Um, and so you would basically push out older judges. Like right now you'd lose three judges um, just because if you did it by the age and you'd lose two, if it was by um, anybody who's been on the court for more than 17 years uh, or something like that. So, you know, that's, so they could do that. And there's nothing illegal about that at all. Cause that's, that would judge because as long as they still have the title justice, is still, as long as they're getting paid, As a justice, you're not breaking the amendment.
1: Okay. So there are 12 appeals courts in the United States who see roughly 50,000 cases a year, which is actually significantly less than what the, the demand is. A study showed that expanding the appeals court to 15 courts and expanding the number of district court judges would lessen the burden and also nullify, nullify excuse me, the well over 200 new conservative justices Mitch McConnell appointed in the last four years. When FDR was trying to pass the New Deal so that the U.S. could recover from the Great Depression, he considered packing the court to 15 justices because the majority conservative Supreme Court kept knocking down his proposals. Because of a public option, he never did pack the court. Mm. Here's a good question. What did he do that finally got the justices to fall in line? And how could it be done today? Any thoughts?
2: Good. <laughs> yeah, civics teacher is a reverend
4: man. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I, got, I
6: got
2: nothing. He, he he basically just threatened to do it, and and you know, and what and what they could do right now is let's say next week the, the uh, Democrats take um, take control of the Senate. They're they're going to keep control of the Congress no matter what. But, you know, obviously that doesn't take place until um, until January 20th. But in the interim, during the lame duck, uh, Nancy Pelosi could put on the floor uh, to, uh, to to do uh, to pack the court. She could she could put a bill out there um, saying that we want to raise the amount of court judges to 15, let's say. And then she could put it out and put it into the Senate. Mitch McConnell won't touch it because he just won't touch it. And then what happens is once once a new Congress comes in, Chuck Schumer could hold it in his hand and say, you know what, I, I don't think I, I want to do this just yet, but let's think about it and see what happens. And then Biden could say, yeah, you're right. Let's wait and see how, how things go for a little while before we make a decision like that. And it basically puts the Supreme Court justices who are already in there, you know, aware of the fact that at any second that what, some ruling they make is going to put them in a position where they could end up being a minority in, in, a, in, in the courts. And that's what, what, what um, FDR did. He basically just threatened them until they got to a point where they were like, okay, forget it. We're not going to fight him on this because if we fight him, we're going to end up you know, having more justices than we want on him. So that could happen and that, that could be the way of doing it without actually having to do anything at all.
1: So do you think not doing anything but threatening to expand the court would actually help
5: keep the justices from partisan rulings? Mm-hmm. Thoughts? I don't yeah. know. I mean, I mean, it probably depends on the justice. Like, yeah. Amy Coney, Coney Barrett, uh, she's like believes very strongly in her faith. Uh, I wonder if even a threat like that could keep her from voting her conscience. Um, but <laughs> I mean, in on that. But <laughs> uh, but I bet you there are some other justices that like could be swayed with something like that. Yeah. Okay. So,
1: with all of this said, what do you think will actually happen if Biden wins and he has a Democratic majority in both houses?
3: I want the change to happen, but I don't. I don't know.
4: <laughs> yeah, I don't think. I don't think it helps him to to do the court back. Yeah, um, and I think that that's just going to be one of those things where. If we end up having a change of regime in four or eight years, then those guys will pack and it will be packing back and packing back. Mm-hmm. Uh, Next uh, You
3: know, we're all in the for, Supreme Court as a country, every single and, one and, of and
4: us. Then we have sixty judges or something like that. Because you know, it just seems right now, unless there's a major change in our politics, it's all just oh yeah, you did that. We'll wait till we we're mm-hmm. going to do this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, they're childish. They're childish. Oops, I hate to say this, but most of them are like that. Oh, and I also did want to say because Amy Coney Barrett. Uh, Sorry this week. I just wanted to say uh, congratulations and uh, blessed be the fruit. May the Lord open. Um, Pete?
2: Yeah, I, I mean, I think that nothing happens initially, but it's it's going to literally, well, let's put it this way. If next week um, they have any kind of um, rulings that don't go really well for Democrats and, and Biden still wins, that might change the, the course of it right away because they may very well just say, you know what? There's no way of working with this group. Let's just go all in and do whatever we're going to do. Um, but that's probably not going to happen. So I think that what's going to happen is they're going to, they're going to sit on it for a little while and see how some of these cases kind of start to play out. And if they get a couple of bad rulings, I don't think Biden's going to have the way to stop it from happening because Chuck Schumer has is, is got to run for uh, re-election re- in 2022. And Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is considering running against him. So he's going to have to go, for, go right so that he could be, I mean, go left so he could be close to where she is on the issues. And she's going to be pushing to, for the court packing. She's going to be pushing for statehood for Puerto Rico. She's going to be pushing for all the most liberal things out there. And you know what? It's not, it's not a terrible thing to do. But, you know, I don't think Joe Biden's going to have, have that much of a say at the end about what, how they go about doing this with the court. They, he's going to have to do whatever the majority of them want them to do.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay
5: I also think that there's several really cogent arguments for having term limits on the Supreme Court oh,
3: yeah. or having
5: like 18 year terms or you know whatever it's gonna be. be. Yeah, um, well, oh,
3: sorry but like
5: I mean theoretically if we had a government that uh, operate that functioned on um, like science and uh, logic and rationality and good ideas, uh, then it wouldn't even be a problem. <laughs> Yeah.
1: Okay, guys, our guests are actually waiting oh, to come okay. on, so um, we might be able to revisit this afterwards. So um, so there are a lot of podcasts out there that do recaps of TV show episodes. Our next guest, Megan Adam, decided to take the recap concept and turn it on its head. They host Breaking Backwards, a podcast that reviews and discusses episodes of the Uh-oh. hit series Breaking Bad. But unlike other oh, no. similar One second podcasts... I'm <laughs> they are starting from the last episode and working their way backwards. Please welcome Meg and Adam. Hi, guys. How are you?
7: Good. How are you?
1: Doing
4: well. Thank you. <laughs> I'm already a big fan of Adam because his screen name is pretty much how our show runs. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: to ask you guys um how did you come up with this um idea (laughs) of reviewing breaking bad from the last show backwards
7: well it was all adam's initial thought uh adam did you do you did you want to tell us how you got this beautiful wonderful idea to watch a show backwards
8: uh oh can you guys hear me
7: Yes, yeah we can definitely hear you
8: i can't hear you shit
7: uh well then i'll fill you in uh so one day uh i guess adam was just like i think breaking backwards is such a well-written show that um it would be just as entertaining to watch backwards as it is forwards and uh he reached out to me and said hey have you ever seen breaking bad and i said sure haven't he's like great we're gonna do this backwards and i said yeah that seems fair i kind of voided my ability to complain about any spoilers having not seen it this much you know um Mm. So yeah, I guess that's initially uh, since Adam's still struggling with his audio. I got can- it. I can hear he you. He did it. He did it. Thank God. Guys, <laughs>
4: guys
8: <laughs> I had a I had a dirty name in my Zoom handle from a book club last night, and I apologize for that. I was <laughs> okay, Never apologize
3: it's for quite that. Quite all
4: right. Are we- Are we- no need no, to
1: apologize for. <laughs> <laughs> We've
4: said worse things on the show. Okay, good. Oh, sure. Every
5: <laughs> show. <laughs>
1: So do you guys know if there's anything similar to what you guys do out there in the podcast land? Uh, Actually,
8: something is very similar. Uh, So we uh, recorded our first episode, uh, I think, in April or March. And we were all excited. We had, like, nine in the can. And we had this, like, little intro where we do the intro for the show and have the Breaking Bad theme song, which is, like, 15 seconds long, played in reverse. Um, And we posted the first episode. And then we found out in 2018 someone made a podcast called Breaking Backwards with that theme song in reverse, but they only ever made one episode and stopped. So we're like, we're good. We've done way more than that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's awesome.
8: <laughs> we, yeah, they can't accuse us of anything unless they finish the job and then we have to delete all of our podcast episodes.
1: Oh, there you go. So what is it about Breaking Bad that you guys love so much?
4: Um, uh... <laughs>
8: well Meg's learning to love it yeah she's watching it for the first time uh it's been my favorite show for a long time uh it's just that it's the only show I can think of that didn't have any dip in quality throughout its entire run uh it just kept going on and being as good if not better um and like everything pays off which is why I thought it'd be cool to watch in reverse because uh if everything pays off, then stuff you see paid off, you can see that be set up in an early episode, which Meg can probably speak to better than I can. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's just a really fun world they've built. Uh, I don't know if you guys watch Better Call Saul too, but that's also just amazing.
1: Mm-hmm. Meg, do you want to add anything? I just love all the hunks. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Starting with Brian
7: Cranston, right? <laughs> uh, uh, my my number one, I don't know if I should even get into oh, this. Because get into it, Meg. I want to hear it. You want to hear it? My yeah. number one, uh, because I don't know him that well yet is Gail. And uh, that's, uh, it's its own thing. That's just uh, tells too much about me for any one podcast to contain. Uh, and then I think uh, coming in second is Gus, because he can get shit done. And then Hank, because who doesn't love, uh, you know, kind of goofy uncle type. Uh. Well,
8: then the Grail hunk on the show, we, me and Meg, get equally horny when he comes on screen. Is uh, Bob Odenkirk? Oh We're yeah, Bob Odenkirk,
7: Odenkirk is
1: a uh, perennial hunk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so since the concept of your show is kind of humorous and, and, in a way, do you guys inject your own humor into your, the actual podcast?
8: Yeah, we go. We get detoured pretty pretty quick. Um, we've uh, some people don't care for that, but it, it ain't getting fixed. Uh, we. <laughs> We We tend to go on our own path sometimes.
7: (laughs) Uh, I think that the the podcast at this point is just uh, like Breaking Bad is the glue that can hold it all together. But it really is just Adam and I enjoying talking to each other and reminiscing and being nostalgic. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, I mean, there's if you want a good example of like true friendship, this is a great podcast to listen to. And if you also like Breaking Bad. uh, Yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: Okay. So I'm going to open it up to the panel. Does anybody have any questions or anything you want to say? Let's start with you, Pete, and then I'll go to Joe.
2: Thank you both for joining us today. Um, Meg, let me ask you, when when you started watching this, since you were, you're were you watching it for the first time, of course, backwards, um, did, does, did Adam at any point in time give you like notes like, although no, this will make more sense later? Or are you basically just winging it, trying to figure out what's going on?
7: I mean, Adam has always been very diligent about not giving me spoilers uh and even if he like remotely hints at a spoiler he'll stop himself and go like nope nope uh i kind of go in fits and spurts of like when we're watching an episode together be like what does that mean what happened what's this oh and then i'll like spout endless theories but he's always been very good about making sure that i know that you know it'll all make sense eventually you know okay. joe
4: um once this is done are there any plans for uh Better call Saul back or uh, better <laughs> yeah. be call Saul. <laughs> it, it's
8: going to be backwards call Saul, but the pro- uh, our problem right now is we're thinking, I'm not sure Saul's going to be done by the time we're done with this. Uh, and we so just right. put out a call that I want to be in on it too if we do another show next where I haven't seen it. And the top picks so far that I'm thinking of and me and Meg have been talking about is a, a gossip girl or the Americans.
7: Oh, and Sex in the reverse. City. I better think call Saul too.
8: eventually.
1: Yeah. Did you? Say, oh, Sex and the City, you said? Yeah, I think Sex oh, and the City. Was, that'd be cool. Sex
6: and the City would be fun.
1: Yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> um, anybody else? We here. Yo, Chris.
6: So, okay. Have you, you think, I don't know, I was gone for a second. I apologize if this question has already been answered, but are you guys finished already watching it all the way through? Or are you still? Oh, God, no. Okay. No, we
8: were right, right in the
6: middle. We eke these out each week. Oh, okay. 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 Got gotcha. you. <laughs> what episode are we on, Meg?
8: We're
7: on like twenty-seven 20, of these things. Twenty-seven. Yeah. Yeah.
6: Twenty-seven from season five. Yeah. So we're
7: okay,
8: on like okay. the
6: the, like the next one. We have to three. watch. You're in
8: oh, like season
7: okay. three right
6: now. Yeah, we're
8: on season. We're on the second. If you're watching it in the regular order, we're on the right. second episode of season four.
6: Right okay. Now. Cool. Okay. All right. Cool, man. That's, uh, so my question. I'm sorry to get now that I have that back there for a uh, do you think that Gus Fring is still one of like the best villains on a TV show of all time? Me? Yes. Any of you? Any of <laughs> you? Yeah, man, I, go first because you're you're meeting him.
7: Uh, I think uh, so. Uh, I think that Gus is a great guy and uh, I don't really (laughs) think he's done too much wrong just based on what I know in Uh the narrative the direction I'm going. Uh, I think he got blown up over a great big misunderstanding. (laughs) 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 Um, Uh, He doesn't seem... He seems to just take pride in finding, you know, people and bringing out the best in them. He does that with Jesse, as we see. I don't really uh-huh. see why people don't like this guy. He seems wonderful. He's a little serious and sexy. Like, I I think Gus is great. I don't know what the deal is, you know? <laughs> <That's> <laughs> one, thing,
8: one thing that's been fun watching it in this order is, like, you keep hearing about someone and you hear about them, you hear about them, and then they're alive. And you're like, whoa. And you're like, I know they're going to die today. But then yeah, yeah. Forward, you're like, they're invincible. They'll
5: never
8: die. <laughs> <Yeah>. And <laughs> Gus, Gus is in that position right now. And yeah, right now he's, he seems like a chill guy. Okay. <laughs>
7: he's pretty cool. Yeah.
6: <laughs> Sounds like he's just a business owner who's cares about the bottom line. I mean, low key, he is a business owner that kind of gets screwed. Let's be yeah. honest. Yeah.
7: yeah. I mean, actually where I am in the narrative, it does kind of seem that he gets, uh, everybody gets, one over on Gus, given how he gets taken out by Tio Salamanca, right. I was a little like, hey, it seems like Tio got the last laugh there, even though he, like, kind of drew first blood initially. Yeah, he did, yeah.
6: Yeah,
7: so I, I kind of, like, have a weird amount of sympathy for apparently the worst villain of, or, like, the worst bad guy of all time, who I think- <laughs> He's the is
6: worst, for- but, but, but the awesomeness, too. Like, it's, yeah. yeah, it's really awesome.
7: Yeah.
5: Pete? He-
6: so, so,
2: Adam, since you've watched the whole show from the beginning and now we're watching it backwards, does it give you a different perspective of it? I, I mean, is there anything that you've kind of gleaned from watching it in a different direction now that maybe you didn't catch on the
8: first time? Uh, yeah, I, so I've seen it so many times in the right direction, so there's, like, not okay. a whole lot. To unpack, but there's a lot of really little stuff that I'm picking up. I, there's a lot more of, like, oh, this affected that. Like a good example, we just watched the one, he you not remember it all. There's an episode that just, is kind of a transitioning episode where Marie goes to a bunch of open houses and lies about her life story.
6: Yeah.
8: That, when I watched that forward, that kind of just seems like a, that seems like the only kind of dead plot end in mm-hmm. the entire show. But watching in reverse, that's, that leads directly to Gail being put on Hank's radar and therefore Gus being put on Hank's radar. And I don't think I ever noticed that one time yeah. uh, without doing it this way. The other thing, watching it backwards, and this is mostly just from doing a podcast about it, is we notice the dumbest shit in the details. <laughs> uh, like, so we have a segment at the end of each show where any actor who had under five lines, but more than zero lines, we look up their IMDB and we <laughs> shout them out. So we've just a wonderful cast of characters, mostly New Mexico local hires, that we are desperately begging to come on the podcast Um I'm assuming they're all subscribers.
6: Uh, we're. Uh, we've yet to hear them. <laughs> what else could they be doing? They're somewhere yeah. signing autographs. Some right now.
1: <laughs> yeah. Does anybody have
5: any other questions, <laughs> Emma? So this is admittedly a more Meg-centric question, um, but because you're because like watching in reverse order, usually the big payoff with a character arc comes at the end, and that's your first like introduction to them in person. So, what do you find are like the big emotional payoffs that are getting you really into it when you're like when the big thing is like done immediately for you? Does that make sense? The question I'm not trying sure to phrase that very articulately. No, well. you asked that question
7: very well. Um, Thank I you. think that uh, the best example of this could be why did Tio blow up Gus? I don't understand. Oh, okay. Because Gus. Uh, why did Tio blow up Gus? Oh, because uh, Gus
8: killed his like friends. That-
7: yeah, they, Gus killed everybody else. But then, yeah. why did Gus kill everybody else? Oh, because Tio killed uh, out of apropos of nothing. Just shot his close friend and confidant in the head yeah. while they were trying to, you know, do business with them. Those kind of moments, I feel like it, that's like a good example of that story arc paying off, even though it is in reverse order. Seeing the origins of things uh, kind of satiates my need to like understand where they're coming from. Uh, so while admittedly a lot of those like big moments, like, uh, everything that happens in the nursing home, or even just the finale in general are kind of just like action packed in your face, like, Whoa, what's going on? Uh, then being able to have, uh, all of that information slowly revealed to me and seeing it kind of, uh, deescalate over time is oddly satisfying. Yeah. Mm
1: -hmm.
7: Elizabeth. Where do you land on Skylar?
8: As we talk about, we are big Skylar fans.
3: Okay, because she's very divisive, but I've I've had like female friends who kind of haven't gotten into the show because it's so male centric and because there was so much Skylar hate. Mm. Uh, it- and so I was just wondering like if seeing her towards the end affects things versus how seeing her in the beginning for either one of you
8: um we call her smoking lady because um (laughs) i don't reveal any information that hasn't been revealed to meg yet and all we knew in the first episode was she's a lady who's smoking a cigarette (laughs) Um, so she's smoking lady maria's on the phone lady and um (laughs) hilarious uh she is uh it's hard to not feel for her watching it from the end on because she starts at a pretty low place yeah and then you just kind of get to watch her make all those like be kind of a victim of circumstance. And uh, yeah, we, we're we big Skyla fans in the Breaking Backwards universe.
7: I don't yeah. understand. And I will say I've all, I'm only 27 episodes in from the reverse order, but I don't right. understand why there could be any hate towards her because even in the beginning of season four, she's still very much like, I, I guess I'm going to try to support your your quest of providing for this family through cooking meth any way I can. And I'm going to just be really diligent about the details because it seems like you're a little reckless in some capacity. And the fact that there's, uh, there could be nothing that she does in terms of nagging before this point, that would ever justify people being like that Skylar is always on his ass. Like, I don't understand why people dislike this character. She seems like, uh, you know, a very diligent wife, and i ah, that's just where I'm coming to
6: from. To be fair, to There's be There's no far. girls in math club, come on! <laughs> to be fair, that's kind of her arc. They kind of disrespected her arc in season five, because she was, in season four, she was, just, like you said, she's this badass supporting, like, I'm gonna take, make sure, you know, take care of the details so my husband doesn't get caught like an idiot. Mm-hmm. And, uh, like, in the fifth one, they just brought her back to her <laughs> season two arc, which... Sorry, but was kind (laughs) of naggy. So it's Uh, just uh, you'll see. I'm just saying she's just kind of naggy. So it's like, but she was progressing, and then they brought her back in season five as as that kind of person. You're just like, that's not who she would be right now. This,
8: yeah, in season five, and I've noticed this more in this watch through. She's like, because season four ends with like in season four, Walt's drug business is just kind of something he does and he brings his own money mm-hmm. season four ends with this news report that all these people have been blown up at a retirement home and he's the one who did it yeah. so my take in season five is she's just like scared like the reality yeah. kind of hits in and that's um that that's her arc mostly I mean and it leads to her she's like she tries to hurt herself to get the kids out of the house so yeah. I I and she Anna Gunn's the best fucking actor on that show. All oh Anna so and yeah. so I, I love her. So her season five, I think she won an Emmy for season five and season she four. Said, yeah, and uh, so. well-deserved. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm.
1: Any final questions? Anybody? Okay, guys, so where can people listen to your podcast? Can you share that information with us?
8: Sure. Yep. Uh, yeah. Uh, there, Every place you get podcasts, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, I believe. Um, if you want to start, I'm going to give you some free advice. Start with episode three. Uh, one and two. Guess what? We're hitting our stride. Listen to a few and go back to listen to one and two. as like a little bit of, huh? It's like a pilot of a good TV show that sucks. Uh, and then we're we're figuring it out. But uh, yeah, all those places. And then Meg, what are all the socials?
7: Uh, we are at Breaking Backwards on uh, Instagram and Facebook and at Breaking Bad breaking back pod on Twitter I couldn't get breaking backwards it was too long uh, yes, yes 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 yes
4: yes don't feel bad Adam we always tell people to start ours at about episode 132 <laughs>
7: <laughs> <laughs> we're hoping t- they'll start
2: listening tomorrow
8: oh <laughs> uh, yeah we, uh, we uh, it was our both of our first time doing anything with audio equipment and it's just like we recorded in the middle of Meg's kitchen with an air conditioner on and it just it shows.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh well thank you guys so much for coming on and really appreciate it thank, thank you guys. for having us was,
6: yeah that was cool
1: thank you bye guys
7: bye.
1: bye okay so it's time for just one question where i take some of the stories from the top of the show and i ask you one question about them Kim Kardashian is getting criticized for posting photos of her and her friends and family partying on a private island for Kim's 40th birthday. My question is, regardless of how you feel about the Kardashians, is there anything wrong with her posting those photos? Let's start with you, Elizabeth.
3: (laughs) Yes and no. Can she celebrate a joyous moment in her life? 40th, 40, 40th birthday is a milestone everybody needs something to celebrate this year yeah she has. that makes sense to post something from that did she have to bring up that she flew everybody she knew to like a Tahitian island and spend like a million dollars in all the I mean she had to point out the quarantine stuff I think people would have flipped out even more Um, and kind of humble brag her way through it no She could have posted, like, one or two, maybe just some family shots. It didn't have to. I know that's her thing, but it was really just a case of not reading the room and, like, really missing, just, like, being so out of touch that, like, it backfired. However, it gave us a great set of memes that day. I posted the uh, cult from Midsommar as my like, we've quarantined, and I brought my closest friends and family. The, taking her text from the tweet. The best one was the Jurassic. There's a Twitter handle called Jurassic Park Updates that's really sarcastic. And the best one was like, oh, shit, guys, Kim's birthday party's here. <laughs> <laughs> the Jurassic Park I, I
1: think she did this knowing exactly she was going to get backlash. Yeah, because
3: it's all engagement. After she
1: got the backlash, after she did it the next day, she kept posting more pictures mm-hmm. about it. And I'm with you, too. You know what? Hey, it's your money. It's your birthday. I don't care, like, how you want to spend your money, you know, what you want to do. But I still think, you know, like you said, like, posting all those pictures saying, oh, you know, yeah. I flew all these people here. Again, yeah, I hate them anyway. I hate the Kardashians. So this clearly does not change my mind about them. It just yeah. makes me, like, just hate them even more. It's um, all
3: it's all to drive, drive engagement, though.
1: Affection. They do everything because yeah. they want to be... The center of their attention, whores. That's what they are. Yeah. Just like Chloe yesterday, that video she posted to Twitter. Did you guys get a chance to see that? I actually missed that. And she, you know, she posted this video of her saying she had COVID. Her makeup perfectly done. Her, you know, she does. She sounds horrible in the video. But again, I don't trust anything that they do because I think it's everything's for attention and. I just, I really don't give a fuck about, about that family. And
3: people pointed out, like, Chloe, if you had COVID, or since you had COVID, shouldn't you have said right from the get-go and, like, could have encouraged a lot of people?
1: Wouldn't... Oh, no, but they have to save it. For but they the have show. to save it for the show. Ch- m- maybe the show. maybe yeah. she
2: meant that COVID was a, a power forward for the Spurs. Um, uh...
1: <laughs> uh, Pete, did you want to add something? And then I'll go to Ed. Yeah, hilarious.
2: No, I... <laughs> hilarious. So I just,
1: no, I mean, but seriously, I,
2: I'm going to do something I never do. I'm going to actually defend the Kardashians. Um, I, I mean, look, she's made as much money as anyone humanly possibly could make, given the circumstances of, of how she's made it. Um, and so if she wants to spend it and do whatever she wants, that's fine. And if she wants yeah. to put it out there, I mean, look, this is all on brand. You know, people, people should not be now like – oh, my God, I can't believe they would do something like this, when every fucking moment of the last 15 years has been, oh, my God, I can't believe they would do something like this. I mean, I think people forget that the only reason why we know who the Kardashians are is because she fucked Brandy's brother on a, on a somebody's smartphone. Um, and so – or actually, it's been so long, it might not have even been on a smartphone. It's she might fun. have actually had to use, a, like, a DV recorder or something like that to do it. And that's the only reason why we know who she is. But since, since that's the origin of it, why is this the worst thing that she could have done? I mean,
1: who cares? You I think people I would think have been this, offended if she hadn't. It's the time posted. that we're in. It's the time that we're in. That's why it's getting so highly criticized by people that are also fans of theirs that are also criticizing this. I think it's just because everybody's in a situation right now where we're a little bit more sensitive to things I guess, you know, because again, there's people that can't see their family members. There's people that are oh, I don't know, dying every day. So I think that's not their brands. That's not their brand. COVID is not their COVID you. is Covid is an
2: inconvenience to their brand, Absolutely. so they have to change the narrative. Like they like the, what she said was the most telling part of it. She said we were going to do something to try and get a little normalcy because in her world that's normalcy: private islands and 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 spending millions yeah. of dollars on doing bullshit. Yeah. That's normalcy, and so Covid is just something that got in the way. It's like it's like getting a flat tire on a night you're supposed to go out to a bar for anybody else. Covid is her flat tire
5: yeah and I love how she said she was humbly blessed too that was like yeah. part
1: of her of her tweet. Emma and then I want to go to Chris.
5: go ahead Emma. Uh, I'm gonna defend the Kardashians as well. Um, you can't like life other people's sensitivities. Um, mm-hmm. I think it was tone deaf, but does she care whether or not, does she care whether or not people like her? No because like Pete said that's not her brand. that's not what gets her money. Uh, if she wanted to be liked, then she would have said that and then she would have had the sentence that she did have about how like, this reminds me of how privileged I am. And mm-hmm. then she would have said, and because I'm so privileged, I'm going to donate X number of dollars to X charity. Um, but she didn't, because she doesn't have to because we're talking about her and this is exactly what she wanted.
1: And she got yep. what she wanted. The yes.
4: engagement. No, this, no, no, this was the second thing that she wanted. Her original birthday plan was to be in the NBA bubble, but that didn't work out.
7: <laughs> <laughs>
6: um, yeah, I think what Emma and, and uh, Pete said were definitely on point. Like, that's kind of the brand of almost every celebrity right now, especially ones that are like really into Instagram. It's like, to kind of flex their money. And that has been that way for a while and even do COVID I mean even before COVID it was a bad taste and even now it's in worse taste but in Kim's defense like I don't know about the rest of the Kardashians but at least with her she is now and has been for a while starting to use her privilege and her money and her you know uh her reputation to do good things. Like she's trying to do, you know, prison reforms. You're trying to get all these people who are, you know, wrongly accused, you know, out of jail and things of that nature. So like, you know, for as shallow as she is, even if this is a shallow thing, like at least she's doing something good in that shallowness, you know what I'm saying? Like, cause getting people out of prison is is a hard thing to do, especially with our justice system and with all the wrong people that are in the right places. It's, you know, it's, it's kind of a balance, you know what I mean, if we look at it that way.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Elizabeth?
6: Yeah, I mean, she's grown a bit, because the two best moments from the entire
3: series are, one, when Chloe's going to jail for her DUI, and they're in the car, and Kim's taking selfies, and she goes, and her mom goes, Kim, stop taking selfies, your sister's going to jail. <laughs> and then the other highlight is when Kim gets falls in the ocean or whatever, and one of their... Beautiful trips to Tahiti. I think uh, her diamond earring falls off, and she's screaming and quieting and wailing. And her sister Courtney walks out and goes, "Kim, there are people dying." <laughs> it's my favorite. The two best moments in the entire show.
6: You know, maybe um, she heard, her. maybe, maybe it's
3: it, something. So it, it took a while, but she grew a little. Yeah, as everybody <laughs> said, it's 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 the, the brand. It's about the engagement. It gets everybody talking. They were kind of out of the spotlight, and the for a bit. In a way, they've been lying a little content. low. Kanye's been coming in hard. Uh, I will probably talk about it more tomorrow. Kanye made her a hologram of her deceased oh. father. Right. Uh, that's a whole other thing. We that's like we do okay. not have the time to get into that right now. <laughs> but that is that a lot. I've seen a lot of people will go. Maybe we should take their money. But I'm like, <laughs> you <laughs> no, know what? Let them. It's. They're stupid money. Let them do what they want. They, they
2: really don't know what, what, what adversity is like. I, I I mean I hate to say yeah. this because I know I'm gonna get to oh, this is not the uh, the, the, the opinions of the show, but I, I think they could do a whole new season of, of keeping up with the Kardashians if say Kim and Kanye had a kid with Down syndrome, because it would be a whole different experience at that point, because they wouldn't have they would have something that wasn't perfect and that they'd have to deal with it. They couldn't just do something else around it. They, you know, I, I mean I'm not wishing that on them. I'm just saying that like if they had if they had a child with a, with some kind of disability it would fuck up their whole their, their whole brand because this would be the one time they couldn't sweep it under the rug and be fabulous about it you know just and and that's the kind of thing that i think people like that you know who've had this much ability to kind of just live this alternate lifestyle that we're all kind of stuck watching in a sense. Even if we don't watch, we're stuck watching it because I, I don't watch anything involving the Kardashians, but I know way too much about what they do. It's, it's the kind of thing that we, would probably make us at least go, okay, look, now they're dealing with things that like, like regular human mm-hmm. beings have to deal with.
3: Yeah.
1: And really quick, before I go to you, Joe, just by those summaries you just gave us, Elizabeth, about those episodes, I'm once again grateful that I've never watched an episode because that sounds horrible.
3: Those are two, they're like, I've never really watched an episode either, but I have seen those clips and they yeah. do crack me up because, for whatever it's worth, Courtney was pretty deadpan hilarious with Kim there, are people dying. It, just, <laughs> oh, God. it makes
2: her. It makes her a great. She wouldn't know where reaction. they're dying, but she knows they're dying. Hey, she's oh, at least aware.
4: She she's knows. aware people are actually dying, but God knows where it is. Joe, <laughs> I haven't really watched much of the Kardashians either, but I would watch a show where people hired a uh, hologram Robert Kardashian to defend the New York. <laughs> I would love that show. Um <laughs> I was actually eat. reading. I was actually reading some of the tweets and all that the people were saying. And uh, something that I think I, I, I wanted to mention was, uh, you know, Kim and the Kardashians themselves are really, really big with the Armenian community. We have a really large one out here in L.A. And a lot of them were angry because Armenia right now is in a war. Mm-hmm. And they thought that that was kind of tone deaf about it, that she's not really talking too much about that. But she's like, hey, me, my friend's are in Tahiti. Um, listen, I don't know. I mean, she's talked about Armenia in the past and visited and stuff like that. Uh, I don't know about that, but it seemed like about a third of the comments were based on that, and I just wanted to put that out there. I mean, I don't think she she has a, a responsibility to it, but she also should know what her fan base is, so. Yeah. Good point.
2: biggest Biggest ratings ever, Kim has her 41st part, birthday party in Armenia during the war. Oh, I, I, I'm telling you, she ships everybody over there.
6: They... And
2: then we just kind of see
6: how it goes. It's possible. I'm not Is even going to front.
5: And maybe maybe I watch live there. I'd watch
6: that. <laughs> I'd watch that episode like a mug, dude. They <laughs> she'd have me, I'd be the one of the people that she roped in. <laughs> Emma, did you want to
5: say something before you move just, on? Doesn't Keeping Up with the Kardashians end in January? It does.
6: Well, yeah, but they're, they're, they're like a, it we'll, in, they'll they're like come like back Yeah, something theater. new in a little while. Yeah, It'll just, just be a Keeping Up special, that's all.
5: Fair yeah.
1: enough. they their You're own right. spin-off show. Yeah, yeah
2: they, they'll, they'll yeah. be like Jersey Shore. Then it'll just be JWoww and Courtney doing a show mm-hmm. or something. <laughs> I <laughs> watched really, it. I I watch watch that. I would watch ro- that though. <laughs> I would watch that. One hundred percent. in Miami. for once,
3: for once, Phillips not roasting me right now. He <laughs> did say she donated a million to the Armenian fund. So, there's uh, how there. dare you! Yeah. But she oh, didn't we publicize see that
2: as much that. as the damn birthday, exactly. did she? Well, yeah. Don't gonna mention gonna her, her on, the, on the telethon this year.
6: <laughs> yeah.
4: <laughs> well, the telethon originally was going to be to pay enough money for another season, but now that the war started, that's the end of that. So. Yeah.
1: Wait, yeah. you mean the money wasn't going to go to Wells, Joe?
4: <laughs> for the well that they're building. This is, oh, this gosh, is gosh, very exciting, is More it?
1: important than the Wells. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, so all week we are celebrating Halloween by closing the show with Halloween themes. Tonight, we are focusing on the fun side of horror movies. Since the beginning of film, there have been many movies that try to take concepts from horror like vampires, zombies, ghosts, and make them funny. How about if we all go around and pick our favorite horror comedy movies? So who wants to start? Let's start with you, Joe. I, I got,
4: I've got a bunch, but I'm going to give you a couple that I really suggest you watch. One of them is uh, Tucker and Dale vs. Evil. Good. which is a wonderful parody on, uh, on the slasher film. I think it's hilarious. I love it. Fantastic. Um, check it out. And then the other one, which not as many people know, but it's also amazing, directed by, by Peter Jackson, uh, and that is The Frighteners, starring Michael J. Fox. Like movie. Mm-hmm. This mm-hmm. is a fantastic mm-hmm. movie that I think goes under a lot of people's horror radar, mm-hmm. but you should check it out. It's funny. It's, uh, it's, it's very unique, and I think it's it's a blast.
5: Okay, Emma, do you have any? <laughs> uh, in case y'all couldn't tell from yesterday, I don't watch a whole lot of horror. The closest I get is Young Frankenstein, because Frankenstein is Halloween-themed. Excellent so, choice. Perfect. Excellent so, choice. There. Chris,
6: what about you? Uh, I actually have a few. So, uh, Evil Dead, the whole series, including Army of Darkness, is, like, one of the best horror, like, uh, 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 comedy genres, like... I think the first movies are trying to take itself seriously, but then they realize like how corny it was and then they just skid right into it. And and by the time we get Army of Darkness, it's completely cheesy, but yet so awesome. And also there's this one uh, that I'm pretty sure not a lot of people know. Uh, It's an old British uh, zombie horror comedy is called uh, Dead Alive, and it's just I love. I kick ass. ass for the Lord. Also, I kick ass for the Lord. <laughs> it's it's uh. so campy and so good and highly, 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 highly underrated. Nobody's seen it, but the I few think it's actually are- Peter Jackson New Zealand. I think it's is it yeah. okay? It
3: might yeah, be yeah.
6: either way. It's it's awesome. Okay, <laughs> Elizabeth.
3: Uh, I also have several, but I'll I'll try to be quick. Um, what we do in the shadows?
4: Yes, fabulous. vampires, hilarious, oh.
3: great. This, there's great ones out of New Zealand. So yeah, Dead Alive is actually Peter Jackson from New Zealand. What we do in okay. the shadows? Taika Waititi, New Zealand. I can't remember the director, but there's one I stumbled across called Housebound, that where you kind of think the house is haunted. But there's kind of a twist to it. And it does start a little scary. I watched it with my mom. She's like, you said this got funny. And then about halfway through, it picks up and it gets really funny. Okay. Um, really, really enjoy it. Um, yeah, Young Frankenstein. Happy Death Day is
6: oh, so yeah. funny. great movie. One it's of the, a like, movie in general. Like, it's up. a
3: great movie. That girl is fantastic. She's yeah. such a great, like, you don't initially like her, but you grow to like her. Uh, hero heroine yeah um super super funny uh and the sequel's pretty funny too uh, although it's a little more sci-fi in a way but yeah um i'm really looking forward to the slasher or excuse me to to freaky with um
6: this and, Vaughn, the and Vaughn, yeah and the other girl. so good it's the
3: same director it looks i've i know people have seen it and they said it's so so funny um adams family movies both of them are great like I can't get enough of um, Joan Cusack in the second one. She's like my favorite part. You know, Malibu <laughs> Barbie.
5: Um,
3: uh, there's so, so many because horror and comedy have a great relationship. I actually do. Um, talked with somebody about this ages ago at a work thing, but it's this. It's all set up punchline in comedy and it's set up scare in horror. And so those beats all work together beautifully. So there's so many. Uh, Shaun of the Dead is another great one. Yeah. Um, and is that horror, but hot fuzz is probably my favorite of those. Uh of, the, of the
4: trilogy? Because I yeah. would say that uh um um The World's End is also sort of horror. Yeah. 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 Which is the, the part of the Cornetto trilogy, which is all those three movies yeah. fit together.
1: Elizabeth, I know you mentioned Adam's Family. Um Danny online is saying the Adam's Family values. The Thanksgiving scene at camp was <laughs> creepy and hilarious.
4: It's so great. We <laughs> cannot break bread with you. <laughs>
1: and and
4: if you like Shaun of the Dead, also check out Cockneys versus Zombies, which is like the British like <laughs> satire of Shaun of the Dead, which is amazing. That's also that's loads of fun. Pete,
1: what about you?
4: Well, I want to I want to
2: do a couple. Um, so I want to do really old and medium old, and then something more recent. So to me, the OG of all horror comedy movies, Abbott and Costello meet Franks, Frankenstein. <laughs> yeah, just you know, I I mean, I don't think that they even knew that that was going to be a genre until they made that movie, and and it's it's perfect because they basically took universals. Bread and butter, which were these horror uh, characters, you know uh, Dracula, the Wolfman, and Frankenstein, and just made them make do do essentially a movie that they would have done and threw Abbott and Costello in the middle of it and kind of changed the whole dynamic so it was it could have been any one of those three horror characters movie, but then here comes you know Abbott and Costello so kind of threw, threw a whole monkey wrench into it you uh, know. As far as like movies that have good scares and really funny at the same time, to me the best one probably ever is American Werewolf in, La- in London, yeah. um, because there's genuinely some really good scares in that movie, that and there's subway a lot of so really scary. funny stuff. What's that? The subway scene is so serious. Oh my god, that me, the is, tube. It's that's the only movie I think I've ever seen where they had the it was the double dream, um, dream sequence back to back. Yeah, um, and so yeah, it's it's and it's just and the, and Griffith Dunn is great in that movie, and David Norton was really good in that movie. I mean, they're both so good as their characters, but but Griffith Dunn, after he's killed, is hilarious. So, and I mean, won you know, an
4: Oscar for its effects. That's one of those movies where it's funny, and it's also scary at the same time. Yeah. It's the
2: perfect mix of that both. One because, though,
4: that one, like, though, yeah. that whole effect scene was groundbreaking. When he yeah. Transformation,
2: the the yeah.
6: yeah. But
2: then, if I want to pick something a little more recent... I I love this is the end. Um, You know, just just the idea of all those guys like like Seth Rogen and Danny McBride and all the other people that are in that movie, all all try to face the end of time with demons and everything else. It's just it's so funny. You know, it gets a little strange at the end. But it's but it's it's really funny. It's almost one of
6: those movies where it's almost too funny. Like you're laughing so hard yeah. that you can't even like you don't have room for the next joke because like yeah. it's just hot, constantly hitting you in the face.
2: Yeah, it's, it's just so good. It's it's just really. That, but again, that's that movie. There's nothing scary about it. It's just it's just so funny though. But it's the same kind of thing.
3: Oh, and, um, and in my mega list, I forgot Ready or Not, which I know we've mentioned a couple oh, times. yeah, that oh, sweet, that's great. But it's, that was fun.
2: So good. Super fun. So you know damn I'm saying funny. Rocky Horror Picture Show too.
1: Yes. No, yeah. What about Beetlejuice? That's one of my favorites. Is that considered horror? I thought, I thought it was just a comedy. I, yeah. I, I thought love it was just a comedy. See, it's, I it See, that's why I, I was thinking, yeah. I was like, okay, is it more of a comedy, but is it still considered like a Halloween?
4: Well, it's it's, it's like a, scary moments. Together, and it's, it's, if you put it yeah. together, it counts. Because yeah. we yeah. haven't talked about it because it's way more comedy than it is horror. Yeah. But I, one of the, the big OGs that we haven't even mentioned is the original Ghostbusters. Yeah. yeah. And because the Ghostbusters was that same way too. While it was mostly a comedy, it had some scary scenes in it, it but that's it was fair. fun. And, you know, it was putting two things together that most people weren't expecting back then.
6: It's even more fun when you think about the sequel being a, a death dream because they all died after the first movie. <laughs> that's the theory. I have
3: a soft spot because I saw the second one a little more before I saw the first one just because it played more when I was a kid than the, they were playing the original.
2: So I this have like a Ghostbusters weird... backwards. I did watch Ghostbusters yeah, nah. Backwards. It's the same so movie I,
6: if you really think about it. I have a
3: little soft spot for the second one. Why am
1: I all covered with goose? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So we will see you back here tomorrow at 6 p.m. with a very special Halloween show and hopefully the very last Trump-Free Friday before every day of the week becomes Trump-Free.
0: Here's Stay hoping. safe,
1: everyone.
3: <laughs> I, I will also have my presentation on Devil's Night prepared with facts And it's my birthday.
1: And it's and it's Pete's birthday tomorrow, too. There okay, we go.
3: My birthday.
4: Know, was, Philip would like to proofread your uh, your intro. I, I will send it out for revisions. <laughs>
5: <laughs> Bye everyone. We'll see you back here again tomorrow. Yeah. Stay safe. <laughs>